Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hey. How you doing, brother? Pretty good. How you doing today? It's I'm, good to be back down here in the basement. I'm doing well, considering I'm not sleeping anymore. I'm just playing video games. I'm I'm a video game playing automaton Victor Lucas. Just plug me into a console and well, I will play. Our future. I mean, one of our mutual friends is uh, Christopher. You know Christopher. Yeah, Christopher Bennett. He is the guy who is. He's trying to teach us how to focus on our REM sleep. Every night. <laughs> That's all we. Need. According to him, you can get by on just three hours of sleep a night, and that is what you know. He has a family too. He's yeah. a busy guy. Like he's got you. an amazing little son yeah yeah and so uh he he says that he game he stays up until four in the morning he sleeps from four until seven yeah but he gets that hardcore REM sleep <laughs> and then he's fine for the day he's read some books or something I, I can't do that he's gonna I, look like keith richards soon he, i'm well, worried about I, it. I, me too i can't do that i need sleep and the uh you know the i'm, I'm just gonna use a, a, a word in quotations older i get uh, the, the, more, the more I need sleep and more I recognize that uh, if I don't sleep, I'm not so good oh, man, there's the two, next day. Two things I value so much these days. One is a good shit. Yeah. And the other is yeah. a good night's sleep. And I, yeah, I Tell never... us about that first one a little bit more. Well, we see, should spend a little bit more time in this podcast. Actually, let's not. Because <laughs> I will. I know you will. Don't threaten uh, me. We've used up a lot of episodes about those things. A lot things. of shit time. Yes, we on have. This show. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're down in the basement today. The March Valanche, the March Avalanche. I call it Marvember. It's, and it's, somebody corrected me and said that November sucks now for video games. I like this. You know, we all feel like we have the license to do this ever since Revengeance. Uh, yeah. If you want to start fighting jamming <laughs> words together, we will jam words together. I like how you say it. Revengeance. Revengeance. <laughs> That's how they say it in Paris, I think, right? It is. That's the Parisian pronunciation. Of do you have any copies of Revengeance? <laughs> Give us all your copies of Revengeance and all your women's. Oh, that's... Uh, and that's your a cigarettes. Five million monies. <laughs> what was that movie? That was like seven references. What was that, right yeah, there. What was that, that movie? That was uh, yeah, Buried. Blues Brothers was in there. Yeah. Buried with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, not was too it, bad. Was it called Buried? Buried, it, right? That was what the movie was called? I think so. And, and it was Buried in the movie theaters as well. That, we was a, that was a tense film. We kind of liked it. Yeah, it was good, it man. It takes place in a coffin yep. underground, and he's got a cell phone. He's got excellent cell phone service underground. Until the battery runs out. I don't know what kind of what kind of service he's getting, because here in Vancouver, we don't get this kind of service. He was awesome. That Ryan Reynolds guy, he is a terrific actor. And then, uh, Where has he been? And then Green Lantern happened. Green Lantern wrecked his yeah, career? I think so, man. Is that right? <laughs> I think he, you got to hang this on Green Lantern? I think he's got to like distance himself from that as much as possible. I read something about him once that uh, in every movie he uh, plays a dick and then by the end of the movie he is a dick who learns how to be slightly less of a dick. Right. Well, it's like the cocky <laughs> maverick movie. that uh, Tom Cruise has played in every single movie that he's been in as yeah, well. That's true. So what else should people do to get ready for the March Valanche? What I mean, we got Gears of War Judgment coming up. We yeah. got Lego City Undercover. We got those in today. Let, They're let's, sitting yeah, right here let's, on our desk. Yeah, let's look at the, uh, the titles because we just looked at Tomb Raider. And, uh, God of War, we're almost finished with. We can't yeah. talk about it yet. We're actually going to head out and do a review today. But uh, you'll have to tune into the show next week to get uh, get our opinions on the single player. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to dive deeper once the game is live and people are actually online playing multiplayer. Servers will go live into, into on the multiplayer. Tuesday. I can't wait because for we're learning from SimCity. You know, people had early review I'm and not, early code I'm on that. Following the controversy, explain well, to people. It's an always-on game, which uh, Blizzard took tons of heat with Diablo. 
03, same kind of deal. This thing is always connected to the internet. So even if you want to play single player, you need to be on their servers. And of course, the appetite for the game, because it's really freaking cool. It's a, it's a really interesting reboot with uh, lots of sexy technology, and you can zoom and scale and do all kinds of awesome things Some in your city. city. Is so boring. No, it isn't. Who gives a Absolutely shit? Who not. Wants to build a city. It's really, I don't. you know what? It's such a great, refreshing breath of uh, fresh air when all we seem to do fresh in most games. Fresh air of boringness. No, man. It's it makes you contemplate. All it makes right. you think. There's consequences on your choices and. You are trying to make the world a better place, literally, in this All game. Right, good and for I, you. I'm and glad I, you enjoy I, it. I think the new game offers you even more enhancements and more, you know, visual stimuli to make you feel more appreciated you than just ever like before. It you can build a toy shop in it. Probably. I can do anything I want in that damn thing. Yeah, I'll build, yeah. build, build, put a comic you, book shop over here. People will love my city. You could make a city of land. You could make a city of toilets. No, I would just sell hustlers on every street corner. And toilets and toilets. hustlers. <laughs> toilets. <laughs> toilets and hustlers. Yeah, toilets and hustlers. Pornland. <laughs> so, no, I always call my city, and, and we just talked about this before we went uh, started recording. I call yeah. them, uh, Fonzieville is what I always call my cities. Hey, what do you call your cities? I usually call them Batwingland or, or Vicburg or so weird. Victropolis. I don't get you. Uh, but uh, anyways, SimCity is going through hell right now. The server load can't keep up with the appetite to play the game oh, and boring, everybody man. is pissed off and and ea is getting the big all fuck the you city fingers fans are pissed off out there yeah there's a lot of people going sim city shit city we you know build our cities. And I, let us build them i feel so offline. bad for the developers because all they want to do is make a kick-ass new sim city game and they're being screwed by uh, you know internet connectivity issues and server you know load issues well, it sounds like they're being screwed by ea well and ea is looking for cash mm. at you know in every single way they want to be fully connected to that consumer in any way that they possibly can through their origin oh, service and and a uh, lot of unhappy people out origin there service origin is the name of their online service that's trying to compete that would have been an awesome name orgy or- orgy, orgy. that would have been very memorable it was the title hey let's my- all get online to play tonight on orgy orgy service yeah what do you think bioshock infinite now that's a game that's, that's coming a game. That's, that's coming a game. i'm looking forward to that shit i, I know it's I uh, in the hands of some writers and reviewers out what? there and that's those it. those we people gotta, are dead to we me we gotta cut this short i know because i gotta get we're gonna hire the horn hire some hitman i gotta grab one of that box <laughs> phone in the corner and like turn it around real fast <laughs> and uh, speak we'll get it soon and, 2k is uh, 2k likes us and, and ken levine's a good guy and i know think that anybody likes us i think a couple people like us do, but do, uh, do you like me? I, I like you. So there's one. <laughs> and I can't wait to review that. We were, what else? Are we taking a look at New Gears of War. Uh, this is an amazing month. We've got uh, what Lego, are you calling it Lego again? City. Marvember? Marvember, yeah. And we've That's got Lego so City so Underground. We're going to turn on our Wii U's for the first time in a long time. Well, honestly, it feels how long like. has it been for you? I think it has been. I went back to play a little um, uh, Super Mario. Uh, about a month and a half ago or two months ago. Wow. But there's just been so many uh, games for the PS3 and 360 that have taken my time. And, and I went and, uh, you know, put my PC into big picture mode on my TV. So I've just been in Steam 360 or PS3. Like I just crazy. remember not all that long ago, you coming into the office every day. Yeah, talking about the Wii U. I love the Wii U! I can't believe this service! It's amazing! I still, Look at the way they celebrate this! Look I still the, do! I then, still... I, all of that stuff is true, but... And then came the fiscal cliff. The, where are the games? Where, where are the... 
the constant stream of cool games that make you want to go back to that machine over and over and over my again. My cats inadvertently turned my Wii U yeah. on, and uh, I, they've both been in, locked in a closet since then. <laughs> so don't do that again, cats. Hopefully you will sit in there and think about what you have done with your cat brains. Yeah, Nintendo has got some uh, explaining to do, I think, right? They've Somebody's got to come back. Get fired. You think? There's Reggie a lot of people speculating that they're going to... I don't know I don't know if you can hang it on, Reggie. I think this is a, uh, uh, you know, Nintendo Japan kind of dictating turn. I think, I think the was, deal is with Nintendo is that they're not really in the video game industry, per se. They're not really, you know, entrenched in an effort to get the entire third-party development community making cool software for their hardware. They're in the Nintendo business. They sell their stuff over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and they're really proficient at it. And it's allowed them to be their own machine for so long that they they know that they can survive whatever sort of happens. But I think this, uh, you know, wariness around this new hardware is so dramatic and so much more profound than any other time in their history. They're going to have to make some pretty big changes. I and think, I, I, we're going to hear about them I, at E3 I this think year. Reggie should fall on his sword. He was the one who was in smell my farts mode as soon as the Wii was a success. Look at this, everybody. You guys were skeptical. You didn't like the name. Well, and now look, everybody wants well, I, one. I, yeah, to, yeah, but you know, in his defense, I think anybody in that position would be. The Wii mm. was a monumental success. and any defend Reggie. Any CEO would have been in that position. They would have been... Uh, very proud and very upfront about how well they were doing. And I think you can't really fault Nintendo for the past successes, but I think they've made some missteps on judging where appetites for games are now. I think as soon as as E3 is over and we know what the new Xbox is going to be and what it's going to look like, I feel like the Wii U is just going to look silly. It's just going to be yeah. so old and antiquated and weird, and it's. I think it's. I don't know. I, I mean, I hate to be. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I, I still say this, man. I, I think that technology is evolving so quickly, and we're getting new. Like uh, there's like the new Galaxy S4 is starting to sort of make the rounds out oh, there. The Ouya is coming this month. I mean, it just feels like a five-year cycle on consoles just seems kind of crazy. Like, I pick up the Vita, which is still amazing technology, but it already feels old a little bit. It feels like it's been here for a while. I'm, like, waiting for not necessarily what Sony has for their next machine, but, you know, I pick up the 3DS or the Vita, and I feel like, well, these things have been around for a little while, but new phones and new iPads and new... uh, you know, competing tablets and things like that keep popping up all over the damn place. And it, I don't know if the game business, the way that it's run uh, traditionally, is prepared to rally against this assault of the, this increasingly more powerful mobile technology that oh, keeps getting, happening. You're getting huh? serious on me now. I'm no, sorry. Listen, that, I have, that was business report with Victor I know, Lucas. It's so boring. Yeah. I have a petition uh, that we're, we're going to get everyone to sign, and uh, this is to lobby okay. for you and I to be in the new Star Wars movie directed by J.J. Abrams. What we want to do is you and we're going to be in the the new cantina scene. Okay. We're going to be in the background. All right. Sitting at the bar in the new uh, Mos Eisley spaceport. Are, are you going to be Slave Scott? <laughs> no, I'm not going to put on my, my bikini. I don't want to object. I don't want to be objectified. Uh, Is that okay? Are you down for that? I think that'd be amazing. I think, okay. you know, your mom will sign, my mom will sign. There's two. There's two. Yeah. Um, two, so two people will sign. And then if, can we sign on our behalf? Did you hear that? What's that? Someone's at the door. Really? Yeah. Let, let him in. Go, let me go check. Let him in. Vic, oh my God, it's Sid Bolton. Sid he Bolton. stopped by. What's he doing in the neighborhood, man? That's awesome. Did you fly all the way out from Brampton to come and visit us here in Vancouver in my stinky basement? 
Yeah, and it's actually it's Brantford, not Brampton. But oh, those sorry. Two, two places are close. That's okay. <laughs> actually, I was trying to call the Nintendo Power Hint line, and they told me to come to see you guys. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, sure. What, 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 do, yeah, what, do, what do you need, need to know? We can help you with anything. 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 I, yeah. I'm still playing Skyward Sword. I hate to admit it, and Scott, I know that you probably know all the answers to all my questions. I do. Yes. I do. What do you need to know? You need to know how to beat that one guy on that one part of the game. Yeah, exactly. I do. Just uh, shake your hand really fast. Lots of shaking. Shake, 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 shake. shake You've done that before. You've done that before, Sid. Come on. Yeah, we know you're an expert at (laughs) wrist movements. Yeah, that's a good thing. This is an adult show now. Yeah, we we can swear. How does the the founder of the PC and Gaming Museum not know how to play Skyward Sword and have not beaten this incredible game yet? How is that even possible? Well, you know, the problem is, is because I have so many games, I never have enough time to play everything right. through the end. And I figured that, you know, Skyward Sword was was worth my time. So I'm I'm still I'm still persevering. I went back. My my game save was so old uh, that it was a year old the last time I'd played, and I actually got confused and started playing an older version of the game save. And I was like, "Hey, haven't I done this already?" That always sucks when you can't really remember where you were you in the story. Over. Sometimes you, you do. Over. Yeah, yeah you I, I hate that. Are you playing on the Wii or the Wii U? Yes. Uh, the problem I have is that I, I don't know about you guys, but I always do. I make a couple of game saves because. I've been playing games so long that I've been burned so many times by bugs in games right. that yeah. have these extra saves just in case something happens. Yeah. Are you playing on the Wii or the Wii U? I'm playing it on the Wii. Are you going to convert and move all your stuff over to the Wii U or are you just going to have the two machines? I have it set up to convert it, but I haven't actually done it yet. I, I actually I have several Wiis. That's another problem that I have. I have several Wiis and I've tried to keep all of my purchase content on one. Right. And I've been... Yeah, that's total bullshit that Nintendo locks the, the stuff to one machine. I mean, oh, it should right. be account locked. If anybody's going to sell you digital anything, you should be able to port it wherever you go hardware-wise. You are complaining about a lot of stuff well, today. Well, I mean, that's just the common sense. Jesus. How, how do you do that in 2013, you know? <laughs> Man alive. Like, you, I people do should agree. be able to... You, you load up your account on the Wii U. If you're already a Nintendo customer, you should load up your account on the Wii U and be able to download all the stuff that you've purchased already that's crazy why i mean the 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 fact that it's so obtuse is uh, you know another right. black mark. jesus why are you sorry, in this I, mood today I, I, i'm just I, I gotta get some bitches out i'm sorry man you got your bitches i, I have the same problem scott though i open up the drawer that has all of the handhelds in it yeah and i can't remember which ds dsi ds light whatever that i've put a certain game on that is frustrating and yeah. if i could load that and use it on something else Whereas, i want to take all of the old systems and build a robot like right. really like a friend you know more than a robot a robot friend Maybe. all the computing power together the, with, the most with, introverted uh, ai system a robot that just goes to a basement you know you know sid what you could do is uh, you could do what uh, x play used to do just hire out some uh, neighbor kids to play the games for you oh <laughs> Oh, that, there's there's no, a burn. No, nobody, nobody wants any of that. Okay, everyone's going to leave that alone. Yeah, I mean, Scott and I think we've got it bad because we have a lot of stuff to play for the shows, but you have every game. You have every game for every system. <laughs> no, which, what are the complete sets you have again? The Xbox, you have an Xbox set, right? 
Yeah, I've got a complete Xbox One set, complete Nintendo 64 with all the boxes, complete Dreamcast, complete Microvision, complete Virtual Boy. Those ones aren't too tough because there's not that many games. I'm actually, the thing I'm trying to focus on this year is complete GameCube. I'm down to, I only need 25 to complete that. And then I'm going to attack the PS2. Amazing. You're going to attack? You're going to go for the PS2? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I've got 1,550 right now. I'm not that far off. Oh, my God. And then after that, you you should uh, collect girlfriends. Well, he has a steady girlfriend, or at least he did. (laughs) Last time I saw you, you had a pretty hot girlfriend, too. Thank you very much. Yeah. Are you married or a girl? Girlfriend? Uh, Boyfriend, girlfriend. girlfriend. Oh, yeah? Propose. I've I've been married. Oh, you have? Really? Okay. How many ex-wives do you have? <laughs> do, you, do you empathize with Scott's ex-wife jokes? <laughs> I was once married to your ex-wife, Scott. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's why I totally get your jokes. <laughs> did, 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 uh, I don't want to get too personal here in Vic Spaces, but that's what we do. Um, uh, did she leave you because of the museum? Was that it? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's well, either me or the museum. Sweet. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm sure that was a factor. Yeah, there's a lot of relationships that fall apart because of games. One of the the two significant others just can't tolerate the obsession. And it is, it's a crazy obsession. We were talking about this last week, how uh, people need to find a little bit of focus so that they can appreciate their game time a little bit more. Do you have... Or, you know, a little bit of balance. I mean, do you have that balance in your life, Sid? Do you ever get carried away and just can't stop yourself? Well, you know, it is a really tough thing. Actually, I think I'm really good for marriages because a lot of people that uh, come and and drop off stuff to the museum are people that have had marital problems because (laughs) they can't get rid of their This is a story, man. This is something we need to cover on the show, I think. It actually happened this past weekend. I was uh, speaking out of town. I was speaking in a a small place called Smith's Falls. And I had a guy drive in from Ottawa. And uh, when he arrived, he actually, you know, brought uh, an entire carload of Atari ST stuff, including a bunch of video games. And of course, I was happy because he had two different copies of Dragon's Lair in there. Was it Stephen Harper? Shit. (laughs) Was it wasn't Stephen Harper coming in? No, but it was so funny because uh, his wife just looked at me and she just said, thank you so much. I've been trying to get this crap out of the den oh, for a Oh, man. That hurts. I, you know, I want to hear from uh, anybody that's listening to this right now. I want to hear if they've had relationship troubles or if they've got friends there that have had. There was a big story uh, yesterday, on the inter- two days ago, on the internet. One of the major uh, gaming websites was reporting uh, the story from the guy who had sold his entire game collection to pay for his wedding. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, and then he, w- he wrote this big story about it. And it makes me think that uh, he's not done gaming for no. sure. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I've had some, some purges before in the name of trying to be a, a better human being. Yeah. A better partner and a more serious human being. And I just think, especially when I was younger and games still did skew young. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, like, what am I doing with this, with Mega Man? He's, you know, like, yeah. I, what am I doing I really with want Mega a Man? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think you can I, have you know both obviously i mean victor you've you've proven that right i mean you've got uh, you know great family and uh you obviously spend a lot of time playing games i personally don't spend as much time playing games as i would like to yeah uh just because that's just just life and in my case i do spend a lot of time um because i'm 
because of what I'm doing with the museum and actually collecting this stuff to preserve it uh, for, you know, forever, essentially, that is more my focus. So when I get up every day, the, the me time that I have centers around, uh, you know, scanning video games, right. researching them, looking right. into the people that, you know, made the single games here and there in the 80s and that you've never heard of them again. And now they're doing, you know, something else like, you know, one guy now works in a hospital that I just found. And to me, that's a, an exciting treasure hunt yeah, as much and, as... And it's, it's criminally, uh, you know, negligent that we don't have really good reporting and, and documentation and history around this There's industry. There's no record. It really is. It's Sid is the record keeper. It's, it's fantastic. Sid, and tell me this, though. What was the last date you took your lady on? What did you guys do? This is the highly personal edition <laughs> well, of Vic Space. I'm, I'm writing this down. Okay. For, for pointers and hints. Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, you know, there's there's date nights. I mean, going to the movies. Roller actually. skating? To go roller skating? No roller skating. That, that went uh, out in the 80s, dude. Nobody I, roller yeah, skates. Well, romantic, that's, though. That's, retro. Yeah, it Lit. is retro. Oh, the 80s. Um, you know, like uh, going to, uh, you know, a fancy restaurant is good. I like uh, going out to fine dining periodically, getting dressed up. Oh, you know? really? Yeah, you put nice. on a tie and stuff. Do you, ever, nice. do you ever say, hey, you want to stop by the museum? It's after hours. I got the keys. I think we need to make a new show here. I think we need to make a, a new TV show about how you have a social life and still are a gamer and some hints for people how to integrate. It's a uh, lifestyle a, show. A, a lifestyle and still loving and enjoying the the entertainment of video games but i got a you know a couple of questions for for you guys about this a uh, lot of heat in ea's direction and i don't mean to make this an all anti-ea show oh at all God. but what? a lot of heat in ea's direction for uh, dead space 3 um, and all of the microtransactions that were built into that and then uh, as part of the discussion and the fallout of Dead Space 3, executives went on record saying that microtransactions are going to be a big part of their future. And it does seem to me that as, you know, the, the consumer base, the, the customer base around video games is trying to find a little bit of harmony with the amount of gaming time they spend throughout the week and the other stuff that they do. The video game industry is actively trying to keep people attached to their software for as long as they possibly can. And they want to sell them every incremental little piece of technology or, or widget or gadget to keep them playing. And it feels like those two goals are at odds. I mean, people need to have separation from this stuff to appreciate it. But this, the, the video game industry is actively trying to keep people locked into this, this entertainment. Do you think that this is, you know, at cross purposes? Do you think this is going to be end in a good way or are people just going to get fed up with video games? Well, I hope people don't get fed up with them. I think, you know, it is important to find a balance and, and you really have to, I mean, to have a, to have a happy life, you have to have a, a number of, of things going on. You can't just be playing video games all the time. I think, you know, they may be catering to, uh, you know, we don't want to be sexist here, but it's going to be the single guy that doesn't have anything else to do oh. and is staying there. I don't mean you, Scott. <laughs> You're, I don't mean it that way. Um, but I mean, I think that's what happens a lot of times, right? they spend all their time doing that and they i don't know maybe they maybe they need to throw in an ad for viagra or something in there if they're yeah. gonna you know i don't know there's gotta be <laughs> something you know? you know i i feel like it's uh, it's kind of like commercials before the movies remember like five ten years ago yeah. i remember being up in arms thinking i paid fucking ten dollars for this movie ticket and now i gotta sit through six 
Coke commercials? No, I can't even believe I just said that. We, cut, we edit that out. Yeah. And, and now there's so many commercials, and I've gotten so good at tuning it out. And it's just part of the movie-going experience that I just accept now. And I feel like it's becoming something that we're still up in arms over on occasion, like yeah. the Dead Space 3 incident. Yeah. That's what we'll call it, the Dead Space 3 incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we're just it's just going to become part of our future. I think games are going to be sold to us piecemeal, and we're going to get parts, and we're going to find parts that we like. And if we like them enough, we're going to end up buying more parts to them. And there's going to be this component aspect to our experiences. And I think five or ten years from now, this won't even be a topic of conversation. It'll just be the way things are. Right. And I, and I think it's kind of funny that... EA executives were, were like, "This is just the, the the way it is, folks." In fact, if you don't like it, then then go screw. Yeah, you know, this is this is how we're doing business going forward. I mean, everybody's got problems. The industry's got problems. I'm excited that the Game Developers Conference is coming up soon in March because I feel like we all need a little bit of a lift. You know, yeah. I feel like the whole industry we need to get together. We need to look each other in the eye, and we yeah. need to, we need to give every everybody needs a boost right now. Well, and, and hopefully, um, I mean, Tomb Raider was a, a little bit of that for me, for sure. I was really impressed by what that team did with that software, and hopefully Bioshock is that same kind of thing. I'm really impressed with SimCity, what I've played so far. Uh, but I think you're right. I think the business needs good news, especially for lifers like us that uh, are, are still really, you know, proponents and, and tied and, and hyped for the traditional video game model. But it, it, it does feel like tectonic plates are shifting underneath our feet and big, big changes are coming. And I look at your business, Sid, and I don't know, I don't know if you really classify it as a business, but I feel like the, the age of collecting games and having lots of boxes and, and physical media on a shelf, I think that that day is coming to an end in the next five years or so. What do you think? Yeah, it actually really, really scares me. <laughs> um, I mean, I love having, you know, the cartridge on the shelf and, and, you know, I know Scott, you and I have talked about the death of the user manual and things like that. And, you know, for me, what I worry about is I like to go back and play something that I played 20 or 25 years ago. The fear that I have with all the downloadable content, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not against the idea that, hey, we don't have to go out and interact with anybody and, and download, and that's all great. Although I do think it's fun for me to go to the, the game store still. Yeah. Um, the the thing that scares me is that when I turn on my PSP in 10 or 15 years and somehow I've lost my stuff that was associated with my account, I mean, let's give Sony props for the fact that they'll let you re-download stuff. What happens when the day comes when Sony says, oh yeah, this PSP server, you know, nobody but Sid is using it, so we're just going to shut it off. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> you know, guys still like, using seriously, it. fuck them. That, that, yeah, oh, there's that like, light that. on in Brantford. We know who's got that game going. <laughs> like, I worry about this stuff because I, you know, or even worse, and, and not to, to say this in some you know, negative, but what happens if Sony is somehow gone? I mean, yeah. we've seen major companies that we never thought. I mean, look at a company like Kodak, for example, that you would never dream in a million years would be out of business, yeah. is suddenly gone because of you know the shift in business models and everything that's happened. Who knows what's going to happen and who's going to be around? And at least with a cartridge, you've got a chance of getting the thing working again. It might not be easy, and you may have to get out the rubbing alcohol and the Q-tips and 
you I, know, sort of I feel, have a little uh, say on. What? The rubbing alcohol and the Q-tips? What, what is this? This sounds, this sounds like my wedding night it, do, it really does. <laughs> this is what, you know, you have this stuff available for you when know, you're on. I, I feel a generation of very smug, gloating PC gamers out there stacked with emulators and all kinds of uh, ROMs. Uh, just shaking their head going, we got it covered. We got everything. You know what will happen, though, Sid, when that day comes, when you're the last light blinking? Don McLean will come out of retirement, and he will write a song called The Day the Server Died. Oh, that's good. Bye-bye, like my old server in Brampton. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about with Sony, since we're on that subject? Beautiful voice. And it is very nice. I'm just going like to ignore you singing. Uh, the... Um, uh, the fact that The Last of Us is coming out for the PlayStation 3 and people that buy a PlayStation 4 won't be able to play it on their PlayStation 4. And I, I, I just I thought of that. It's you're, like, you're just creating problems for all of us now. <laughs> but I, it's just <laughs> like that, that is uh, <laughs> incredible. Like this is going to be one of the best years for Sony software, period, especially if The, La the Last Guardian comes out. And, what? Uh, it is? I, I think it might. Uh, but like, no. like this is the zenith. This is when the PlayStation Three is at its max in terms of uh, developer prowess on the machine, and then they're going to release the PlayStation Four. And I hadn't really cared or thought about it until I thought about The Last of Us because that is going to be, I think, a, an incredible piece of software. And Sony may have brand new customers on the PS Four, but it's just, I understand why they're not making that a backward compatible system, but it just is baffling that there's going to be this new console out there that won't be able to play one of the best games of the year on it. And it's, uh, it's all tied to this from the same hardware company. Well, we don't know it's the best game of the year. Well, we don't I, know anything about it. I, yet. I'm assuming. I'm you, making some big it. assumptions. It's I'm making very some big it's assumptions. It's Naughty Dog. It'll be fine. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Who no, knows? I can't make it play but like that, that is crazy. I mean, like that. I don't think that's ever happened before, right? I mean, in any console shift or generation, maybe the I guess SNES to N64. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo was very, before they, they got into the, the handhelds, they were kind of not very uh, backwards compatible concerned, right? I mean, right. The, the, the Super Nintendo never played the original Nintendo stuff. Yeah, but GameCube didn't play the N64. It's only, I guess, post-GameCube is when they've been backwards compatible. Oh, it needs to be backwards I, compatible. <laughs> Make sure it doesn't have it. That would I do. Sorry. Well, I, that <laughs> you just did a Sony executive voice right there, right? <laughs> there was that a Jack Tretton impression? Oh, yeah, these guys all, oh, they want backwards compatible. This, this doesn't, hey. doesn't do that. No, now what do I do? Now, fuck you, Sony. I'm Jack Tretton. I'm the president. But I think that speaks to uh, consumers demanding more out of their game consoles. I think, you know, back in the, the Nintendo 64 and, and Super Nintendo days, I think as gamers, we, we were just happy to have new stuff to play with. We, right. and we didn't. We wouldn't have gotten rid of our old consoles. I mean, that's just, that's craziness, right? Yeah. I think that way. I would never get rid of something old. That's just silly. But I think uh, consumers have changed. And as more, you know, we always talk about wanting to have more people playing games that are out there. The more they do that, the more that they expect. And they don't, a lot of people don't even understand the whole backwards compatibility thing. They just expect things to work. So uh, it'll be interesting. You know, uh, Microsoft has always, as a company, has always provided backwards compatibility over the years. If you look back at all the DOS versions and then Windows, and all the stuff that they've done, they have been really, really good. You can say whatever you want to say about them as a company, but they've been really, really good about providing backwards compatibility. But sometimes that's a problem because it's always held them back in right. some way or shape or form. And I think, you know, 
they've tr- I think they've realized that to some degree, and uh, and maybe Sony has too. Maybe they've decided that all you know. I mean, look what they did with the PS3. It came out. It was fully backwards compatible with PS2, PS1. Uh, all of us, you know, in the industry were saying, "Oh, isn't this amazing? It can go all the way back." But at the end of the day, by the time the machine got to the second or third rev and we took it out, nobody really, you know. I mean, we reported on it and we talked about it, but it didn't really cause that big of a commotion. Yeah. So in the end, but. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Sid, uh, I know you're a collector by nature. I know Victor is as well. Do you collect anything other than video games and technology-related stuff? Well, I do have a Star Wars room. Okay. <laughs> That's the, uh, the burgeoning have, Star Wars museum that you started. a pretty hot girlfriend. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> have, uh, Just wanted to get that in there real quick. is <laughs> Uh, actually, you know, I don't really uh, actively collect for that. Um, it's just there. I have so much stuff, I just threw it in a room. Yeah. Uh, kids love to come and see it. When kids uh, come, come to the museum, I always, I will give them a tour of the video games, and then when I take them into that room, they just, they lose their freaking mind. Is the museum would, really just your house? Is mind. the museum just your house? Can we just say your house instead of the museum going forward? Uh, well, because there's, there's two aspects to it. There is a separate. Building. That's the museum, and then there's the stuff that's in my house. The, you know, and the museums. We're actually going to move this year, so we're going to be oh, in okay. a in a bigger uh, a bigger proper place. Have you ever so. collected pornography? Um, like old skin books? Because Scott's got some to give away. I well, think. I just moved. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Somebody actually dropped off uh, a bunch of stuff as people. <laughs> And somebody said, and this guy dropped off a television too with a cartridge. And he said, I got a whole bunch of VHS tapes. Do you want them? <laughs> yeah, what were they? Yeah, what, what were they? Uh, I'm talking like 60, 70 tapes. Wow. And they, you know, they just had, they were handwritten. I didn't really pay much attention to them. I said, sure, yeah, we could, we'll use them, whatever. And uh, after he left, he must have giggled as he left because uh, it looks like he had the porn channel on 24-7. <laughs> and he just recorded it. That's awesome. He must have donated about 1,000 hours of porn. I know. I'm just trying to figure out which volunteer I'm going to assign to cataloging it and assessing it because... <laughs> It's just comforting to know that that pornography has a good home yeah. to go to. A nice, warm, dry place where it will be stored this and is preserved. The, the birth of the porn museum in for, Bradford, Ontario, for, right here. This for the, the aliens early days. Find. No, you know, it's, it's a, it is a problem for people sometimes. You know, when I moved from New York, I, I had a big stack of old magazines that I don't look at anymore. And right. I didn't know what to for do the with articles. them. I didn't want to just put them in the road. What if kids got into them? Right. You know, and those, right. then those kids went off to commit crimes. It would have been all my fault. <laughs> So you really don't know what to do. It's nice that you're providing a service, Sid, for people, yeah. a place. If you have any pornography out there and you're in the Brampton area, <laughs> bring it over. <laughs> that's perfect. Because people... Sorry, Sid. Yeah, I, don't, I don't mean to make light of what you do. You know I have crazy respect for you, and I love what you do so much. So Tell us about the new building. Well, Like, where are people going to be able to go and see all this stuff? What I was going to say is in terms of other non-technical things that are non-technology related things I collect, uh, I do actually have a bunch of antiques, like traditional antiques, like um, I've got some signage from like uh, the cigarettes that my parents used to smoke, you know, I've got old Coke signs, I've got an old Coke machine, um, 
and uh, just some regular kind of antiques. But as far as a new building goes, we have a bit of a dilemma. We have this beautiful new space. Well, it's not beautiful, actually. That's part of the problem. It's 12,000 square feet. Uh, however, it needs a lot of work, but the price is right. And we're just not ready uh, in terms of you know, financially to make that move. And I, if we make that move, I think it'll be a problem for us. So um, actually, I got a call from... Uh, someone in the city uh, just recently who offered us uh, a smaller space that's kind of more move-in ready. It's not as large as I would like it to be, and we're still going to have uh, multiple locations. Right now, we actually have three locations. We have the museum itself, which is you know around 1,700 square feet uh, for the computer stuff. My basement, as just like Vic's basement, is full of video games uh, and tons and tons in there, which that's private, but I do show it to most people that request it. And then we actually have about 6,000 square feet of storage right now because we have, and it's full. Uh, you would not believe in the eight years that we've been open how much stuff has been dropped off that we decided was worth keeping. Um, and, you know, like you've seen episodes of Hoarders, I'm assuming, right? I mean, this is like hoarding to the max, but it's all computer and video game related. So it's just insane. So that's awesome. We, you know, have you, have we, you talked you know, to the city? Have you talked to, to like, you know, the mayor's office or anything like that? Or like thought about yeah, act, actively yeah. making this a destination yeah, for the city? So a show with the mayor every month um so i'm actually going to be a television show i'll be i'll be speaking with him tonight oh that's and awesome he's actually uh, very supportive of what we're doing it's challenging you know in office and we have you know several local counselors that are behind what we do um it's just really hard making the transition because when you uh it's kind of like you need money to get there uh and then it, it's a chicken and egg thing right and yeah. a lot of times can't get money because of our current location. So, for example, you know, the province has, has talked to us about helping us out with some of their programs, but they have a challenge because even though the museum is an officially registered museum, you know, corporately, we, you know, we, we've done everything correctly uh, because the location, and it's in a separate building, but because it's in a residential area, they don't want to be perceived as funding somebody's, you know, hobby. And uh, so it's very tricky because then to get into a commercial space uh, is expensive and, you know, have an ongoing commitment and fundraising is always difficult. And right now, you know, I've just had the challenge of, of getting this stuff and making it available to the public. People have been coming out. I didn't want to put a barrier of saying, yeah, you got to pay five or $10 to, to get in or more. Uh, so right now it's been free admission, but now we've gotten to the point where we've proven the model works. We've proven that people are interested. Every time we have an open house, we get tons of people and they drive from, you know, miles and miles and miles away. I That's mean, we awesome. get people, you know, last, uh, last month we actually had visitors that came up from the U S we have people that drive at least, uh, you know, sometimes two or 300 kilometers just to come and visit us. I mean, we had one guy drive all the way from Montreal and I was like, you know, so why are you in town? And he said, um, because of this place, I'm, I just want to visit here. Um, so, and that happens more often than you might think. So, um, what, what about taking it to Toronto or Montreal? Have you, have you thought about going bigger with it? Well, I've thought about that. Um, the problem with that is that it's kind of like right now it's so close to me and it's my baby, right? So yeah. if I put there, uh, it's going to be gone and kind of out of control. I am working with one of the educational institutions right now to put uh, a one-year minimum uh, commitment of uh, a history of uh, gaming into their school because they are offering design courses. And um, I want to highlight 
three pillars. One is, of course, uh, the industry, so video games that have provided some sort of significance over time. Two, uh, highlighting the designers, uh, because a lot of these people that are in these courses, of course, their heroes are not, you know, television stars or anything like that. Their heroes are, you know, the Will Wrights of the world For and, sure. uh, you know, and, and so on. And then uh, the other pillar I can't think of at the moment. That's kind of strange. I was talking about it all the time, but I can't think of <laughs> Anyways. Just ask I mean, Governor Rick Perry. He knows. Content as well. So, you know, when you look at, um, you know, for example, highlighting uh, the, uh, the game Evolution, which was sort of the first commercially successful video game in Canada, Don Matrick, um, you know, starting out in the industry, uh, obviously very young. I think he was 17 when he wrote that. Um, so we wanted to sort of highlight some of the stuff that's been developed in Canada as well. So those are kind of the three things. So industry, Canadian, and designer-wise. Um, so for example, this is the type of exhibit where you would see Radon Buckling Bay, which is Will Wright's first game. You know, a lot of people know him, obviously, for The Sims and that sort of stuff. But this is where he got started. So when you go and look at this stuff, you get an education as to where uh, the significant history is for all the stuff that, we've, you know, that we enjoy today, right? That's awesome. So... That's the kind of stuff that I want to do. So I'll do that in Toronto, uh, and that's where we're going to start. And then, of course, when people go, they'll pick up a brochure and say, you know, come out to Brantford. Because, I mean, we're, we're only an hour away from Toronto, so we do get a lot of that. But beyond that, I think if someone approached me... I think it I should said, be downtown Toronto, man. I think Toronto's getting really serious about video game development. I'm really digging their indie scene and uh, their appetite to be a big part and a big player in the video game community. I think this this would be a fantastic addition to the core of the city and and uh i think you should be running it and i think it should be your full-time gig man i think that that would be incredible i think you've got the passion and the experience and the knowledge wait and- do you have another job you have a job you do yeah i uh i'm actually the it manager of two pharmaceutical companies right now yeah no this, oh, man which is amazing that you've done all of this and accomplished all of this just purely out of your love for it and i it really it's you know i think that's that's a big chunk of what makes the video game industry incredible it's filled with people that just love this stuff and devote a lot of their life to this hobby and i think that uh it's such a huge business in our country that the canadian governments and and uh and and citizens should really take pride in it one thing we always say is if if everything went away yeah knock on wood vic and i would still do the show from a cardboard box in the street and i'm telling you if everything went away for you you would still be doing your museum in a cardboard box on the street. So I think we should start giving away the cardboard box award on the show. <laughs> People okay. who are committed. If you get me Jade Raymond's phone number at Ubisoft Toronto, yeah, uh, then I'll call her and see if maybe Ubisoft would want to uh, help me uh, do that because that would be a good fit for them. So it's all often about contacts too, right? I mean, you know, I've the thing is I've got the stuff. I mean, if you look at... Uh, what we have between my personal collection and the museum collection, there's yeah. 14,000 video games, but there's also a tremendous amount of stuff that goes uh, around it and with it. You know, For example, one of my volunteers dropped off uh, a Crash Bandicoot warped t-shirt the other day that he swore he's never worn, by the way. I'm not sure I entirely believe him. But, um, you know, things like that, that sort of have, you know, the, cult, the culture around games. Yeah, Chris, Chris Melancinos, a, a friend of mine, just uh, has been very successful with the Smithsonian's uh, The Art of Video Games exhibit. He's been touring that around. 
I think that there's an appetite for this stuff, and I think that there should be a uh, a permanent installation or a permanent exhibition of this stuff, and I think uh, it should be in a big metro center. I mean, I'd love it for it to be in Vancouver, but, uh, uh, you know, hopefully if any anybody that is connected to any of those kinds of organizations that help jumpstart projects like this is listening to this podcast, they'll get in touch with you. How can they get in touch with you? So our website is pcmuseum.ca okay. and uh, you can visit that website. And if you do send an email to the email address on there, it will come directly to me and you can just look up Sid Bolton on Facebook or Twitter. You can find me on there. Just uh, at Sid Bolton is my Twitter handle or at vintage PC is the museum uh, username. And, you know, speaking to what you were saying, Vic, you're, you're right. There does need to be something more like that that's available. There is the traveling game on exhibit, which is actually opening up in Toronto as people are listening to this podcast. Yeah. It was developed in the UK and has been brought over and it's going to be uh, at the Ontario Science Centre until September and um, I, uh, I was kind of looking at this and I you know it's one of those things where I look at it like this is kind of like competition for me in a way but that's that's okay because well it just speaks to people's desire for it I, you know I, I think something that you have that's really interesting is you also have a Canadian angle on all of this and I mean that's what we're trying to do with the Canadian Video Game Awards and everything else that we do is highlight how kick-ass Canadians are at making this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're you're absolutely right. And the more people that go to an exhibit like Game On will demonstrate to not only the people, you know, that put it on, but to everybody, including me. I mean, I'll be able to, if that exhibit is well attended, I'll be able to use that information to, you know, shop around the idea that a permanent, you know, uh, exhibit needs to be opened up in, in a larger center. And, and it needs to be run by you. And it needs to be run by me. That's sort of that has to go along with it. <laughs> so, Sid, it's kind of a tradition here on the basement that the guest gives Vic's mom a ride to the pharmacy after the show. So, are you okay are, with that? You all right with that? Oh, well, uh, that's fine. But how come Scott got to take her to see, uh, you know, Argo, and I got to take her to the pharmacy? We went to, to see Lincoln and Argo. Oh, no, I I wouldn't go in into Lincoln with her. She went in by herself. But well, uh, you had just just the pharmacy today. That's all. She doesn't. Scott's need known her a little longer. Yeah. And she's a little more comfortable with that, but she doesn't need a lift. So you cool with that? Yeah. Yeah. As long as can I get some flapjacks? Ah! <laughs> Sid's ready to go. Get your shawl. <laughs> Sid, you rock, brother. It is always Thanks, awesome having you on uh, our shows, wherever we catch up with you. And I guess we'll see you at Fan Expo in August, my friend. Thank you guys so much. So, so happy to be on the show. And, uh, you know, obviously as a, I mean, forgetting all the other stuff, I'm a big fan of what you guys do and, uh, love having you on the TV every day and, uh, consuming your stuff. You guys produce great stuff and you're doing, uh, you know, you do a favor to everybody that's, uh, that can't afford to buy or isn't going to buy all the video games out there and all the other content. So thank you guys for doing what you do. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much, buddy. We'll see you soon. Okay, Okay, my friend. All right. Get out of here. Thanks. I'll get out okay. of bed. Do I just shut the door behind me? Yeah, yeah. let's go. Okay. Don't, don't let it hit your ass on the way out. Okay. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Uh, he's a sweet man. Fuck, I love that guy. Listen, we always do a panel with him yeah. in Toronto at yeah. Fan Expo, so everyone has that to look forward to. It's always the highlight of the show for me. There are lots of, of a show filled with highlights, man, for sure. That, that's what this business is. It's just a bunch of really big hearts you know like we especially now like people that are sticking with it through all of this turmoil all these studios closing down and all of this sort of change that's happening the people that are staying with games and talking about them and making them they fucking love this stuff they love it outside of this room outside in the world beyond the basement yeah 
millions of people, billions of people out there looking for something to care about, we are lucky enough to have found the, the something that we care Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And, and I, that's what that we do. That's to everybody all we do. that's listening to this, too. We, we, we just wake up every day and we just care about this stuff yeah. and love it. And uh, we can't help ourselves at this point. I'm just, I'm just, and I'm we just care. feel relieved that we found it. We, and me, too. And we care about the people that, that uh, are as invested in all of this as we are as well. And it's awesome to be able to talk to people like Sid and, and the developers that we have on the show. And listen, we weren't joking last week. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you want to come see us here in the basement, just drop us a happen. line. And even if you can't be in the basement in person, Person, we can always Skype you in. That would be the first time we ever did that on and the we, show. We've never done a Skype before, but we yep. could try it. Nope. We could just see how it works yeah. out. We see if we work I heard out. Heard it's technology. cool technology. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, the other thing I want to say is, if you're watching reviews on the run these days and you're noticing a lot of censorship, uh, you know, we always offer the uncensored video game version footage yep. Yep. on our website. You can watch that anytime. So if you're tired of seeing. I don't know, what is it, a smiley face it's these a days? Happy or face or something. Something like that. It's just that, you know, in in re, kind of response to some of the violent imagery that, that's in these games, sometimes we recognize that it, not all of this imagery is going to be appropriate for every household out there. So we took some steps to kind of cover some of the blood and gore uh, up on the show. But on the site, we recognize that people are... Uh, hunting down our content and they're more familiar with video games and, and uh, it's all there for you uh, all with all the blood and gore intact. You want to say a word about the CBAs before we go? Yeah, April 20th. I'm getting fired up. Buy we, your tickets. We have been uh, incredibly busy with uh, all of the stuff that we've got going on for, for this year with production. So it ha I'm, I'm really just starting to wrap my head around all of the production elements that we're going to need for the CBAs. We have a host who we're going to announce very soon. And uh, we've got some other very interesting uh, pieces that are coming together around this that I'm getting super Tell me excited this. about. Is, is Sean Hatton going to be there? Damn right, he's going to be there. Is Aquaman going to be there? Aquaman is always there in spirit. Is Betty White going to be there? Betty White uh, can't make it this year, which sucks. <sighs> and you had to bring that up. And now I, I feel sad. So Stitcher. Yes. And iTunes. iTunes. Yes. Download and, the uh, podcast. You can listen to us at VixBasement.com, which you probably are probably on this page listening to this yeah. right now. And you're like, yeah, we idiot. just opened I'm, up a hole in I'm time and space by recommending that people do the thing they're already doing. <laughs> Thanks for listening and telling so uh, your mom about us. Hi, 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 mom. <laughs> Vic made it weird at the end. <laughs> it got weird. Good night, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>